0: Welcome to the Human Centred Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Colm Hay. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Welcome to another episode uh, of our program, where I get to interview incredible leaders at the very top end of their game. We're gonna be talking about emotional intelligence in practice, or as I like to call it, human-centered leadership. Extraordinary leadership is all about connecting and building relationships with everybody around you. Extraordinary leaders have deep set values at the very core of everything that they do that drive everything that they achieve. So, who is on the show tonight? Well, I have been chasing this guy for months and months and months, and I finally have managed to get some time in his diary for him to be on this program. I'm hugely uh, uh, blessed to have with me Sonny Arif. Sonny, if uh, you've never heard of him, is the managing director of ISA Support Services based in Birmingham, but actually works across the United Kingdom. Um, It's a support services, um, some people might call it security uh, uh, organisation, and for the last two years has been very much engaged around providing security, working with the government uh, around COVID testing, providing security for stores and for paramedics uh, uh, throughout the last two challenging years that we've all been through. Now, here's the thing. He's just blown my mind with this. Started this organisation with just £4,000, and now it makes tens of millions of pounds. And the other thing I'm really impressed with, which I didn't know about Sonny, and it touches a special place in my heart, is that he used to be a police officer within West Midlands Police for two years. So I'm doubly pleased that he's managed to get onto it. He's also the founder member of the ISA Foundation, which is an incredibly powerful organisation in terms of the work that it uh, does and the people that it impacts on. It's really focused around the vulnerable in society. It's a grant-giving organisation. Last year, they gave up, gave grants up to £250,000 to organisations around the world. Their focus is around... Uh, Anybody who needs support, who is vulnerable, refugees, providing food banks, education is a particular area of uh, interest for them. So we're going to have some fascinating conversations. But first, I want to say thank you for being here, Sonny. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your diary. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Cole. That's an amazing introduction. Thank you so much, Um I'm fi- I'm glad we finally got to do this to be honest and uh, and and he's right when he says that that we have been trying to sync diaries and get this done um but look today's the day and, and uh, I'm honored to be here I know that you've had some amazing leaders on this podcast and uh, it's uh, you know it's my pleasure to be here and and, and hopefully share some Um, some insights about leadership with with the listeners the
0: the honour is all mine Uh, and I remember uh, we've never actually met in person but I feel like I know you because I have seen so many of your social media posts Uh, We're connected on various social media platforms. I know that you've read mine and I've read yours. And one thing that's always struck me with you is that uh, there's a real human element to who you are. You run a very successful organisation and congratulations for that. But it's down to your hard work and commitment over these years to have got it to where it is at now. But beyond that, there, I sense there's this driver, there's this, there's this value at your very core that defines who you are as a leader. If you were to describe your leadership style, what would you say are the important priorities within your leadership uh, elements?
1: I think that um, look, we've been very fortunate, very blessed to be in a position that we are today. But I think as a leader, it's very important to realise that you are nothing without your people. I think that's the bedrock the cornerstone of our organization we're a people's business you know we're a professional support services company and without our team without the people on the ground the, the security officers the cleaners the paramedics all these all these amazing people that we have we would we wouldn't be where we are so uh, from a strategic level we can we can do the leadership and the planning and the strategy behind our organizations that's really yeah. important but ultimately it's the team on the ground, and I think for me, it's being connected to to my people, being connected to the workforce on the ground. That's the most, I suppose, important thing for me. Um, so, in terms of describing the leadership scholar, I think um, I am firm but fair. You know, with with, with my um, with my team, uh, but ultimately, it's realizing that um, without them, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today.
0: A bit like Alec Ferguson, then firm but fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely. As a as a leader, you know, I I I wake up every day thanking God for putting me in this position, but also realizing that there is hundreds and thousands of people that rely on this organization um and it doing well you know for it to succeed and without the support services without the isa support services we wouldn't really have the funds to 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 plow into our foundation to you know and that's my real passion so it works hand in hand it's not just about um it's it's not just about growing the business but it's also about growing the foundation and helping you know hundreds and millions of people all over the world
0: It's understanding that uh, there's there's various ripples that are being created by you and your organization and understanding where those ripples can go. Uh, So for you as a leader, the, the ripple that you're creating is in terms of how effective and how successful is ISA as an organization. And depending on how successful ISA is as an organization that then contributes to how successful ISA Foundation is. And you're so right. As a consequence of all of that and accumulative is that hundreds of people around the world, if not thousands, are being impacted by your actions, your thoughts, your your leadership style. I mean, that would keep anybody awake at night, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I hope you sleep well at night because you're doing some incredible things. What gives you the greatest pleasure from your leadership journey?
1: I think it's seeing how far we've come as an organisation, and it's also the investment that we make, or the investment that we made many years ago in in into some of our key players within our organisation, and then seeing them develop. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a few years back. Well, I went to I went to the cinema with my with my kids, and we were waiting in we were waiting in line um, to watch this movie, and and I saw this chap staring at me from the other side of the room, and I thought, you know, and he kept staring and he kept staring, and in the end he came up to me and he said sonny I, I i just want to uh thank you and he shook my hand and i said okay um he said you don't know me but you know many years ago i worked for you and we we did some work with an organization in Leeds and we had to set up a a call center so they had to set up this emergency call center and we had to mobilize it very quick so we 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 shipped a team of people from birmingham put them up in a hotel and they ran this call center for one of our clients and he happened to be one of the guys that we sent to leeds and um, he said the job that i did for you guys the work that i was able to pick up because we paid very well for that for that um specific role he said i was able to fund my way through university and i then graduated from university and i got a very successful job and i'm doing really well and he said it's all because of the opportunity that was that that was afforded to me at the time through isa and i just want to say thank you and you know stuff like that really makes my day it's more than it's more than the profits it's more than the money you know it's just knowing that we're making an impact on people's lives every day and we're allowing people to reach their full potential that's what gets me out of bed call cool, and that's what really excites me about leadership.
0: That That is fantastic. And I, I, I personally uh, can completely resonate with that. I had a, a text message the other day. Um, I, I won a contract early on this year to develop some psychologists um, and it was the uh, School of Psychology reached out to me and said, "Hey, we've got all of these assistant psychologists working in the NHS and in other organisations, but we really want more people to be applying to become doctors of psychology. But there's an underrepresentation. Can you put them through any kind of a program?" So I found myself in this bizarre position, Sonny, of teaching psychology to psychologists and uh, and leadership and emotional intelligence, and I put them through this program. And I got a text message the other day from from one of them and said. We perhaps haven't told you this, but I just wanted wanted you to know that as a result of your program, out of your cohort of 12, three people have now uh, successfully gotten to the Doctor of Psychology course and uh, and it's down to everything that you taught us. Wow. And there is, you're right, there is no better feeling to know that you've made a positive impact on somebody else's life. It's, it's a phenomenal. You know, clearly... I get where you're coming from. You are a very human-centric leader. But of course, underneath you, because you are now at the top end of a, a large organization, you know that you can maybe influence to some degree, but you can't make change happen you're reliant on all of those leaders underneath you to, to, to make things happen. And one of the th- the, 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 the problems that we get in organisations is that the executive arm of the organisation comes up with these phenomenal ideas, but unless they get that senior leadership on board, it's very difficult to, to get those changes to happen. So what do you do to build relationships with your the senior leaders underneath you, those who have almost direct links
1: to the front line? it's very important i think as leaders often the mistake that we can make is that we don't you know we talk about strategy and we all have a mission statement and you know we put that up in our our brochure and our literature and all we'll plaster it on our walls and our website but it's really talking to your people and explaining to them what it is that you want to achieve now we've been very upfront without with our entire teams right the way down from the from the guys from the boots on the ground to our senior leadership team about what it is that we want to achieve and you know the simple message for them is look help us to help others you know that's the message we we our our teams are very much involved within our foundation um in fact just last year we took a team of senior leaders from our 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 organization we took them to Lebanon to distribute some aid um to the refugees in Lebanon wow myself and my my business partner we paid for everyone to travel We, we paid for their travel costs and their accommodation and they were able to hand deliver the aid and that in itself was was probably one of the best experiences for our guys because they got to see physically uh with their own eyes the difference that we're making as an organization um and we you know we we talk about this having this open door policy and saying that you know you'll hear executives say that our doors are always open but you know practically how 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 real are we with that approach you know are our door's always open to our staff and and you know i we deliberately make sure that we're we're kind of sat with the team we have an open plan office and although i am now you know in in my own office um just making sure that they can see you on a daily basis and making sure that nobody feels alienated to contact you if they need to so um we have things like whatsapp groups where all the all the staff all the senior leadership team are on the whatsapp groups and we have conversations daily sometimes about business and you know, other times just about, gen, you know, life itself. So mm. it's really putting that human element of, yes, I am the managing director and yes, I am your boss, but at the same time, I'm also your friend. You know, um, and I appreciate you. You know, I really appreciate you. I and, and just telling people that. the the mistake that we can sometimes make is that you you know we 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 can see people are doing a great job. And they are, you know, breaking records and and developing. And that's fantastic. But how many times do we actually tell people that? And sometimes we're almost afraid, you know. Well, if I tell him that he's doing a cracking job, then he may, you know, get too big for his boots. And he may ask for a pay rise or Mm -hmm. he may start looking elsewhere. You know, I'm of the opinion that um, we don't give enough credit. We really don't give enough credit, you know. Um, and we know what this is like because, look, being a leader is a very lonely place <laughs> It certainly is. I often say this to people that it's, it's – it's, and I say it to my team. I say, you are very fortunate that you have myself to direct you, to guide you, to tell you when you're going wrong, to, to offer you that mentorship and, and all that good stuff. But if I make the mistakes – you know, who am I answer to? You know, I'm, I'm at the top of the organization, I'm the managing director, I just have a business partner on a board. But ultimately, um the the, the box stops with me, mm. you know. And that's a very lonely place. And I think it's really important for leaders um to offer that support to one another. Yeah. And and only few will understand that, you know, how lonely it can actually be. There's
0: three key points in everything that you just mentioned there that that, that, that are I think so powerful they need reiterating and opening up uh, a bit more. First one is I'm going to touch on this loneliness in leadership. I had it actually had a I do a lot of keynote speaking and uh, and one of my keynotes was called the lonely leader. A phrase that I very often opened up with, and I'd say you know there are times in my life when I have been in a room full of hundreds of people, yet I have felt like the loneliest person in the room. Why? Because I am the leader where the buck stops. Uh, so when I was a gold commander in the police service making uh, being in charge of major incidents critical incidents firearms incidents, making those calls that could be life and death where somebody further down the line might make a mistake or misunderstand what i've uh, my, my instructions uh could end up uh, all coming back and resting firmly on my shoulders because I would be the person in in charge basically and and it's important it really then sort of um puts into focus the importance of getting so many things right in leadership one is that you've already mentioned visibility you have to build trust in leadership and in order for you to build trust in leadership people need to see a human element to who you are people need to see you on a regular basis and know that you're there it's as simple as that you know it's not complicated complicated but to say it is very simple to sometimes practice it when you're busy is harder isn't it uh, sometimes you can't make yourself always available. But the other thing is this. I love the idea of the WhatsApp group where you say, you know, we talk about business, but we talk about other things as well. We talk about life. Uh, and that for me is the the foundational strength of any executive team. And that is trust. If you have trust, uh, trust comes from sharing vulnerability. If you have trust, then you'll have healthy conflict in your team. And you have to have conflict in any team. If you don't, and everybody just agrees with everything because they don't really care, then you won't get commitment. If you don't get commitment, then nobody's going to hold each other to account. If you don't hold each other to account what's going to happen, you're all going to go off in different directions and nobody really follows the organisational goal. So I think whether you know this or not, you're actually practising it yourself by the sounds of it. You're building that foundation of trust. So I guess if we were to take a litmus paper to... To ISA's leadership team, I guess the trust levels are going to be quite high. Absolutely,
1: yeah. We're, we're like a family. We we are like a family, um, and and look, the, the, the reality is is over the last few years, it's been very very um, stressful for, for all of us yeah. because of how you can imagine how full on we've been as as a business, um, and we have laughed together, we've cried together, you know, and 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 literally that that's it because there came a point in our journey over the last two years where it was for me it was i knew what we what we had to do as an organization but i didn't know what to do to get there and i sat i I remember sitting my team down i saying i'm i've never experienced this you know we're at the stage now where we've grown so big as an organization i literally don't know what the next steps are and I need your support to help me. What do you think that we need to do next? You know, love that. And I was very vulnerable at the time because I was, I, I was, you know, I, I I, knew I learned very early on that we can only grow as far as our skill set allows us. And I almost, you know, I felt like I was hitting this brick wall because I, I thought, great, I've, I've managed to get the organization to where it is. But now we need to go to the next level. And I really don't know what to do and how to get there. And I wasn't embarrassed or ashamed to to share that with my team and I shared it with them and you know some of the very junior members of the team came up with some amazing suggestions in terms of how we need to grow and we said fine let's do that you know Um, and we have these uh, strategy days where we just go away wherever it is um, either in the UK or even abroad um, and we just talk about business we make it fun we try and strategize in terms of what's the next year looking for us as an organization what mistakes have we made let's learn because for, for us in this business, mistakes are learning opportunities, you know, and, and uh, don't ever be afraid to make a mistake because ultimately if you're not making mistakes and you're not learning from them, then you're doing something very wrong.
0: That I think is a really healthy uh, viewpoint as well because in many organisations we have a blame mentality. Um, I know in the police service we used to say, oh, we don't have a blame culture, but actually we sort of did because yeah. when somebody did something wrong... Uh, One of the first things that would happen with the professional standards unit, the complaints investigation unit, uh, would jump on you from a great big height. I'd like to think that it's changed a bit now, but I think there's an awful lot of work to do, not just in the police service, but in so many organisations, particularly across the public sector, because there's a risk aversion that, that takes place. And in order for us to follow the path that you're talking about, where you embrace failure as an opportunity to learn, you have to be much more risk tolerant and it's not until you tolerate more risk and accept more risk can you actually start growing and be more innovative and creative. Um, uh, and I guess that's that's part of what what goes on in the psyche of ISA.
1: Yeah. W- look, we 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 know that we're going to make mistakes, and you know we we have these very open and transparent conversations with our clients too to say look, uh, and, and very early on when we have a new cl- an onboarding meeting with a new customer. We're having these conversations and i actually say to them and it's almost become a bit of a pitch really but i actually say to them look we're going to make mistakes you know we're about to mobilize a contract and it's it's a it's a big contract and it's a lot of hard work and i always say to them that look, my team um and myself we will make mistakes you know but mm. i can promise you one thing that we will learn from those mistakes um we'll try not to repeat those mistakes you know and we need your support um, to help us become better people and a better organisation in order to serve you and your people and protect your property and assets. Um, and you know, when uh, it's it's really refreshing, and, and a lot of clients have fed this back to us. It, it's really refreshing that you've got that frame of mind. Um, and it's almost like saying to someone, look, you, you, you know, I think I've, I've often had it, I had it in the past, you know, that I've been very fortunate to have been self-employed and ha- had my own um, business for the majority of my, my um, career. But when I did, as a student at work and before the police force worked for for organizations, um, those managers that were were supportive, you know, when you've made a mistake, you know, they earn your respect a lot quicker than those that were quick to just be very critical um, uh, and and abusive and, uh, you know, whatever else um, when you've made a mistake. So I try to learn from that. In fact, we've got our finance manager um, that works for me now. Used to be my boss at Burger King when I was a student. Wow. Cool, you know. Wow. Um, he he was my boss for a few years. I was a student. I was at college studying A levels, and I did. I took a part time job at Burger King, and um, he was he was the boss there, and he was a very good manager. He was he was very supportive, and and I remember when we. I mean, he's been with us for nearly five six years now, and I remember when we advertised the vacancy for the finance manager. He called up. And I happened to answer the phone. And uh, I answered the phone. He said, hello. He said, Sonny, it's uh, it's me. It's Urshad." And I said, um, Ershad? Uh, he said, yeah, from Burger King. And I said, oh, wow. Um, hello. Um, how are you? Yes. And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm applying for this job. <laughs> and, and I remember it because I said, before we continue this conversation, I just want to confirm, did you... Sack me at any point, you know. <laughs> it was such a long time ago, and he said, "No, no." He said, "You left." He said, "I left before you, and you you stayed on." Um, I said, "Fine," but look, of course, you know he he had the right qualifications and experience, but uh, the, you know the biggest, um, I, I think the, the one of the biggest reasons that I actually offered him the job was because he, was a, he, he, he didn't do bad by me. You know, he was a fair manager. I remember him all those years ago when I was a student. Um, and, and I think, the, and, and it's knowing that, look, I've had, you know, situations in my life where my whole life has been turned upside down. And I know this. So today I may be sat in this seat being interviewed by yourself on this podcast, but um, tomorrow I could be one of the employees You know, life could take a turn for whatever reason. And we know that things can happen sometimes out of our control. So it's always about treating those with respect, um, you know, treating people with respect because you never know when the tables can turn.
0: There was a reason why you and I needed to have a conversation, I think. Um, We we just resonate on so many different levels of leadership philosophy. Uh, One of the things I used to love doing is uh, coming in early in the morning just so I could have a cup of tea with the cleaners. Uh, and just sit with the, the the cleaners and talk through their life and what was going on in their day, and you learn so much from a cleaner. It's in, incredible what you learned You know, community intelligence, I used to call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can you can learn so much from from you know, and they give a different viewpoint. Everybody has a different yeah. viewpoint, and sometimes I think when we're, we're, we're in this boardroom and we're we're trying to. Um, look at ways of improving because that's our our constant focus on how can we become better because the reality is is that there's there's many security companies out there there's many professional support services companies out there in the UK and and abroad Um, but what's going to make ISA stand out and how are we going to um, you know what's our USP in terms of you know in in terms of an organization and it's always good to listen you know we I went on this when we first set up this um the, test, the, the testing contract, as you, as you may remember, it happened so quick. The government was just opening up these testing centres up and down the country. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love, you know, walking around our our sites and speaking to some of the staff. And it was just, you know, I remember we were doing security at one of the quarantine hotels. And um, I I went with the client to walk around and to speak to all my all, all new staff that we'd, we'd taken on, you know. And I really enjoyed meeting they didn't know who i was right and i was kind of introducing myself and how are you and it was great because the client could see that interaction between me and the employee um and it was just amazing getting to know about them and and some of them were like Sonny you know we've 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 heard about your story and you know it's just an honor to be to meet you and work for the organization um and it really makes you feel proud to say that these people genuinely like working for us as an organization That's incredible
0: because I know one of the biggest challenges for a security organization and I had the great uh, pleasure to uh, have a sit down conversation uh, with one of the biggest security companies and events companies in in the UK Uh, and they were talking about their frustration around how do we keep our staff happy, how do we manage our absence rates, how do we keep everyone focused. And uh, one of their greatest challenges was, and I'm guessing that you're the same in, in within security, is that you have a lot of temporary staff that come on. So I'm guessing that f- throughout the COVID period, because you had to respond so quickly, you got a lot of temporary staff coming in. And um, and and actually getting those those principles, that philosophy, the values of the organization instilled in temporary staff has got to be a challenge. So, if there was somebody listening now, let's assume this is somebody else from another uh, support services company listening right now and thinking, "Hey, it's all very well and good, Sonny, you're saying that everyone's happy, but do you know what? I've got all of these temporary staff. In fact, fifty percent of my staff at the moment are temporary. How do you keep them happy? What would you say?"
1: I think um, we can no longer compete with 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 pay rates. You know that that's a reality. We're being squeezed in every. Uh, everywhere we're we're being squeezed and it's very difficult for us to be able to compete on price and as a business we refuse to do that because there's always going to be organizations out there that that undercut us I think it's making sure that you listen to the feedback of your staff you know and, and ask them what it is that you can improve so things like employee surveys um, and, and social media has a huge part to play in that, you know, you communicate with your employees via social media. Um, but ultimately, there's, there's, you know, our rates are driven by the client, you know, the client will pay a charge rate and that will, that will be dictated. Um, the pay rate will be dictated in that. So so if you can, then, of course, pay them a bit more than than everyone else's, but we can't always do that. The one thing that we've learned, Sonny, isn't
0: it, over the last couple of years, you know, with the whole thing like Great res- Resignation, it's not about necessarily the financial recompense that people get. It's about how they feel in the organisation, whether they feel valued or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and And for me... You know, I do a lot of work around uh, culture change and culture audits within an organization. Just finished a big culture audit with one organization, and the one thing that uh, the focus groups are saying is, "I want to feel good. I want to feel valued. I want to feel like I matter. That I that I'm that people care about me, and I want to feel safe in this organization, psychologically safe in this organization." And that's a really big thing right now the psychological safety is a huge thing right now Uh, and that comes with the culture the kind of culture that is clear that ISA is passionate about creating.
1: When I travel the world with with our foundation and we go to um, a refugee camp in Bangladesh for example and we hand deliver a food parcel um, or, or an aid kit or whatever it is and we see the smile on that widow's face, a a, a refugee that's been displaced from Burma or wherever. And we, we document that and we send that out to our staff and we show them that through your hard work and your dedication and your commitment, ISA Support Services has been able to provide a food parcel for this woman, for this widow, thousands of miles away incredible so every day when you leave your your home and you come out to work and you're working on client sites remember that you're making a difference to these people all over the world
0: it just reminds me of that one uh, that one uh, example that you very often hear about the one story that we very often hear about in in all kinds of leadership training and I've heard it so many times it's like somebody walks into NASA sees the guy with the broom and say hey what's your job and he says well I'm trying to put a man on the moon. I'm not here to sweep the floors. I'm part of the, the whole machinery, the, one of the cogs in the whole machinery that the, the, uh, the, the desires to put a man on the moon. And so that's where you're coming from, this philosophy. And that's great that you're instilling this, this end goal into all of your employees and saying that you're part of this whole conveyor belt that eventually creates this, this impact, this, this change, this legacy that you're leaving behind uh, with, through the foundation. Sonny, um, I could talk to you forever, I genuinely could, and I think you and I need to have a cup of tea together as well by the sounds of it.
1: Absolutely, we do.
0: By the way, I'm super impressed, and Sonny told me just before we came on, um, he went on it. I, I I saw him appear on the camera, and I said, I don't recognise this
1: guy. <laughs> you got the wrong person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I said, have you lost a bit of weight? And since February, you've lost four stones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just shy of four stone. yes.
0: And that's just through strict diet, lots of exercise, and super, super focus. And I think that's probably why ISA is as successful as it is, because you're a man who knows what he wants, and you will go to nth degree to make it happen and uh, you know the culture that you wanted to create in ISA and you've made it happen so congratulations to you well done for your hard work and you know I hope that many people will be inspired by what they've heard from you today Sonny and uh, if anybody wants to know more about you where would they find this information
1: I think I'm probably more active on Instagram than anything else or LinkedIn and it's it's very simple it's Sunny S-U-N-N-Y Araf A-R-A-F and then just the number one and that's my Instagram handle and it's Sunny Araf on Instagram and Facebook and, and all that good stuff and the website um, uk is in the process of being built where we can share some amazing material with everyone but um If anyone is inspired and somebody wants to learn more about, you know, our industry and if anyone's thinking of getting into the industry, then I'm I'm more than happy to to have a conversation.
0: And this guy is a super busy guy, but he's going to open himself up to any conversations with people who uh, might might, might want to learn more about this industry. Sonny, thank you so much. Um, It's been an absolute honour. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to finally catching up with you in person at some point.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn.
1: Take care. Have a great day.